You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests, all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws that Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome back to What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. On this week's episode, we'll be kicking off our ongoing exploration of friendships and families by looking at the portrayal of familial love among Latine families. And with me today is Steph O, director, writer, and lover of rom-coms. Hello, Steph. Hello. Hi. Hi. (laughs) How are you feeling today? What's going on over there? I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I um I did a little hinge video with Maya. I uh, saw a that. little mini rom com short. <laughs> I saw that it was so cute. So you know, getting my rom. <laughs> <laughs> and you recently got uh when Harry met Sally tattoo, which was wild to see on Instagram. Of like, oh my gosh, she she really got it. Like that's wild. But that is your favorite rom com. <laughs> I'm dedicated. (laughs) I know, I know. But okay, so today it's something that you and I talked about offline, just kind of how we, how love with among like Latine families are portrayed, which first of all, they're not portrayed enough as they should be to begin with. There's not a lot of references to even think about. Um, The one that definitely like sticks out in my mind just more recently, of course, and I think I mentioned this to you, is like Hentified. You've worked on the show and... Mm -hmm. 
it was so special to watch this and see like myself in it and like in different across different characters also right and then also just also seeing these people love the way that you also love like within family within friendships within romantic partners and I think that was super special and like shout out to Linda and Marvin for how they wrote this how how did you feel working on that show I felt like you I felt literally in front and behind the scenes, it was like a big family. Like, it was like you were working with your primos, literally. Mm. Like, it just felt so familiar. It felt like I... I mean, I was a showrunner assistant. Season one, I was like Marvin and Linda's part-time assistant. Like, they brought <laughs> me on to, like, help them out. Um, and even then, like, everyone was so inviting. It just felt like home, you know? And Which is why I think it's so important. And I, I think I've seen, like, Quinta talk about this. I've seen, like... I think just like this past week and like um, La Leaf opening night for Flamin' Hot, um, even Eva Longoria, who directed it, was like, it's like working with your family. Like it just, there's a different tone, a different energy on set when you're working with other Latinas. Like it's, it's just, you know, the thing and like working with other people of color. And we just have that like energy. We have that, um, that familiarity, you know, that, um, that makes it just feel like you're creating art with the people you love, you know? Yeah. With family, that must be special, especially like, how did you, how did you feel seeing it? Like once it was out or once you probably got like a preview of it, like watching it back after working on it. I feel like, okay, season two, they just, I mean, I'm a director. I, they just stepped up their visuals. Like, like <laughs> seeing ourselves in such a beautiful, artistic way. I was like, all right, Marvin. All right, America. Like, y'all took it to the next level. Like, we, like I always tell Marvin, and he's coming out with a new movie, too, for Disney+. Plus. But, like, he literally creates, like, art. Like, you, he creates, like, a, like a photograph, like a moving photograph, which is what, what movies are. But it just feels so intentional. And to see us, you know, like brown folks, like looking like that, like we have never seen ourselves before. I was just like, you know, chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> but even the stories, like I think I think season two, like really tackled on like immigration a lot and how that affects a lot of families and mixed status families. And um, I mean, like we could just jump into it, but it's like, you know, being like, like having to take that responsibility as like someone who's documented and having to help your undocumented family members and all that. So very, very like we talked about that and then there was like jokes and then there was like a beautiful <laughs> like visual. So it just for me, like I love obviously I'm a fan of the show, but I know I also worked on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I think that was also what was so special about a season one. You were getting familiar with everyone like you were meeting everyone and seeing how they like played along one another, especially within like family dynamics. And then season two is when you definitely tackled the immigration topic. And I mean, I, I remember my parents getting their citizenship. I think I was too young to help them at which I, but I remember seeing them frustrated going through that process and it being such a big deal as it should be to finally getting their citizenship. So to see also and like other people just see a different side, but still feel very familiar to you. Like, oh, I can really relate to this. Like, you know, and I think that was really special. But I don't know how you how your parents felt watching that also. 
Yeah, I mean, my mom was able to be part of it for, like, a very small bit. Aww. So I was able to take her on set. Um, yeah. I think when Pop is doing his speech about, like, immigration and all of that, like, um, Marvin wanted, like, people that he knew to be in it. So he brought his mom, his grandma, me and my mom, and I think Linda's parents um, to be in it. So I thought that was really beautiful. Um, yeah, I feel like my mom, my parents, I don't know, I had them watch it and— I don't know. I just feel like they also felt seen, which is weird, right? To kind of see that. Like, I feel like I never think about my parents feeling represented. <laughs> um, so the fact that I feel like I never think about that, I, right? I always think about our generation, right? Like, I'm like, oh, representation is important. You know, the Little Mermaid for like younger black girls to like see themselves. But then when I watched Little Mermaid, I was sitting next to older black couple and I was like, this is like just as important. You know, I still get chills. I'm like, for them to be able to, you know, see this, like I'm sure they've seen a lot in their lives. And for them to like be able to see on a big IMAX screen, like the Little Mermaid, you know. Yeah. Um, that is yeah, true. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. I don't think I rem- I don't think I think about my parents seeing themselves represented on screen. There is not many shows that. I have watched yeah. that I've been like, I feel something. I feel connected. Yeah. Like my dad um, doesn't like to go to the movies, you know, like that's just his thing. Like if I were to invite someone to the movies, it would be my mom. And I remember the last time we went to the movies was Nacho Libre. And I was wow. like, that's where you, <laughs> that's where you represented <laughs> Jack Black <laughs> in Mexico. Oh you know? my, yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting, though, because it like I guess it goes back to like what themes really hit different different generations. But like you said, we still all still want to be seen on screen. Yeah, I never think of like my mom loves K-dramas. Like that's her thing. Like she she is a Netflix girly. She loves Netflix. She watch. Even she tells me, she's like, oh, if we're going to watch Hulu, like, they don't have it in Spanish, I have to read the, the subtitles, right? Netflix is the only one that has, like, every language possible. So she's, like, obsessed with, like, she watches Never Have I Ever, but it's called Yo Nunca in Spanish. You know, it's, like, things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, like, the last time that, like, okay, so my dad, last time he went to the movie theaters was Nacho Libre, but I recently took him to watch Flame and Hot, um, and I did a little video where I was like, oh, taking my parents, and... He said he was like, oh, it's really great to see like Latinos like like making their dreams come true, because that's basically about the guy who's a janitor, you know, making the hot Cheetos and marketing it to Latinos. And um, like even if he didn't because it wasn't in Spanish, like he understood some of it. He understood the themes and what was happening. Right. Like he was a janitor and, you know, became a big person. But yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to I'm going to take my parents. Uh, they haven't been to the movie. I can't remember the last time my parents have been to the movie theaters, but I feel like that would be the perfect one to go take them to or teach them again how to turn on like Disney Plus or Hulu in yes. order to watch it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's probably what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm excited to see that because I know how it feels, you know, to see yourself. And I think this episode, I was thinking back to shows or movies I've watched growing up that centered Latinx families, and I, I can't think of many, let alone think of any where I felt seen, like when I was growing up, because I mostly watched novelas, the, whatever my parents had on. And sometimes they were teen, like teen novelas. I remember like Ajuguetas de Color de Rosa was like my favorite. All the Thalia novelas, right? Like what she was named Maria in like three of them. But um, I mostly just watched, <laughs> I mostly yeah. just watched novelas. I don't remember, I think until... 
maybe I was like more of a teen, like more or like early teen, like Selena, that's when I started like seeing more representation. But the one that left like a big imprint on me that we were talking about offline was um, Mi Familia, my family with like Edward James Olmos, Jimmy Smith's, Constance Marie. It really, I think what I loved is it showed sibling love and I have two brothers. So it was pretty special to see also like their own like immigration story of like coming from Mexico and then also just building a family. I think it's based in in LA. They're in LA and throughout the movie. But just seeing all the siblings have their own personalities, their own roles or their own labels within the family. I still, I could still watch that and still feel very connected to it. I don't know if you remember like growing up, if there was any movies or shows that like really left an imprint on you as far as representation. Yeah, I was, I was really trying to think hard because I feel like for me growing up, um, you know, if you're watching, like I was watching a lot of Disney Channel, you know, so I feel like for me, Disney Channel was like Lizzie McGuire and all yeah. of that. And I'm like, I'm not some white girl in a suburb. You know? Like, <laughs> I know. Um, but, um, but then it was, there was that So Raven and I was like, oh, okay, you know, um, there's like some representation there. And then there was, um, which I think I was already like gr- outgrowing, but. I kind of remember um, Wizards of Waverly Place with Selena Gomez. Mm, But then she was like half Italian, half Latina. But that was like, (laughs) she had a quinceañera. Like she had a quinceañera and I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, for us, I feel like quinceañeras are like a big representation. I feel like uh, there's a lot of representation of quinceañeras in media. Um, But I'm like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, like she's, you know, she's, this is her being, her showing her Latinidad like on screen and stuff. Um, so yeah, it was. I think that was like the first time. But I think you also mentioned like George Lopez around here, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember watching it um, at Nick at Night, you know, <laughs> um, and seeing him represent us. But I mean, you you're bringing up Mi Familia, and I think about how Edward James almost talks about how like representation was so sparse. You know, I feel like that movie happened, and then I'm like, what was next, Selena? Which was like years yeah. later, probably, yeah, or like around I the think same so. time. And then now we're like slowly. <laughs> right. Now there's more representation because we have, what do we have? Like, uh, what is it? Hentified, Vida, One Day at a Time, Those Are Spookies, With Love, which I was introduced like through you. But yeah, I don't, that's the thing is, I feel like there's a big gap for me personally from Mi Familia to Selena. Like, I don't, what was I watching where I felt like I could see myself or see my family in it? I can't even remember and and George Lopez yeah I remember I would just like wake up in the middle of the night and George Lopez was still on TV like I don't know (laughs) everybody (laughs) like so I was watching but I wasn't really watching because I was like half asleep probably do you remember thinking like hey I don't I'm not feeling this or okay this feels like my world my life with anything you watched I feel like you know real women have curves was a good one for me that I remember feeling like uh, represented because she was a girl who comes from a low income uh, place with big dreams, you know, and sometimes those dreams feel impossible, but she was able to accomplish them. I don't know. I've always been very driven and I feel like, I feel like I've been, rep- I feel, have felt represented by like driven women characters. Right. Um, and I think, I think that one was a big one for me to like kind of get me there. But then I also remember, this one movie with Kristen Dunst. I don't know if you remember it. And then Latino guy. 
and the oh, Pacific yes. Palisades. Is, is it crazy? <laughs> I was, that was like my first crush, I think. Crazy Beautiful, Shay Hernandez oh, okay, and go. Kristen Dunst. <laughs> I loved that movie. Actually, you know what? That also, that reminds me of, of, I guess, the representation that I didn't think of is us being more so represented as either in a gang or as house cleaners mm-hmm. or things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I just thought of that because I think Jay Hernandez in the movie does have like, what is he seen like as a bad guy or has like family that's in trouble yeah. or things like that? Oh yeah, he has cholo cousins. Like I there's also quinceañera uh scene in that movie too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're remembering that all the I recently saw on TikTok. <laughs> Cuz it's like that? right here, right? I didn't even have a quinceañera. <laughs> Neither did I. Don't worry. I was either my mom's like, "Do you want contacts or do you want a quinceañera?" Cuz they pretty much are going to cost a lot of money. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Other contacts, making I you choose between contacts. Listen, looking back and now paying for contacts, it was not as much as a quinceañera. I got fully tricked. It's like one fourth or sixth of a quinceañera price. But I was my mom. My mom lied. But yeah, I think that's also the thing is I there was I guess portrayal of Latin families. But they were also portrayed in a way that I was so far removed from as well. Not to say that they weren't true or they weren't like realistic to other people. But I think it didn't connect with me. But it's not just one, right? That was one representation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it was just one always. Like it was like the single, like the low income, like Cholo, like um, like East L.A., very always East yes, L.A., East you know, LA, kind yes. of representation. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing the dynamics of families and what you did watch. How did it impact what you thought your family should look like or love should feel like with your family? Honestly, like, I'm going to be so honest with you, okay? I don't know if, like, I've ever thought of that question, but I remember because I wanted to assimilate so bad, like, I hated a lot of things about my family dynamic. You know, like, I was like, why are we like this? Why can't we be, like, X, Y, Z, you know? It made me, like, really, like, have a lot of, yeah, self-hate, you know, and, and yeah. like, a lot of, not appreciating what my parents could provide, you know? And then I think as I got older, I was like, oh, wow, they were like on survival mode. And I was being a little bratty girl, <laughs> you know, <laughs> wanting the most when I they couldn't give it to me. They try to give me as much as they could. So I think for me, I now appreciate that, you know, and and um, and I think I even not I even influenced my brothers to not be the way I was, you know, like to just appreciate what my parents give us and then even help like if I could like provide things that they that they couldn't provide with to me so like with my younger brother who's like in college right now like I'm that person you know that I didn't have but at least he has somebody now you know yeah no I mean I understand I think that also I could relate to that in like thinking that my family should act a certain way love each other a certain way or because I've seen so many white families on TV and thinking like that's how why don't we all live in like 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 this or why don't we all act like this or why don't we do all these things that these families do and why can't we afford all these things like i think that it's very natural for us to think that way i think we didn't know that we were judging it off of something that one is unrealistic uh because it's movies and tvs but also like it's not it, it's not our culture that we're also seeing so and i think now like you said now seeing certain things being like, oh, 
this feels more like what I went through. And it also does, I think, give us more appreciation towards our parents. Like, I think, what are we comparing our families to, right? It wasn't even close to mm-hmm. our families. So I think it makes sense. I don't... And also, like I said, I also had novelas to go off of. And I don't... Like, novelas are either super dramatic or the family's perfect, right? Like, there's some wild shit happening or it's perfection. And it's just like, I couldn't also compare, you know, side by side my family with whatever I was watching. So it was really hard to, like, think... To try to get to know your parents more through what you were watching was impossible. But also novelas are like the like elite of Mexico, right? Like they're rich white, they're rich white Latino families, yes. you know, that are being portrayed. And uh, the help, quote unquote, is always like the darker, Dark poor, yeah. you know, yeah, Latinos up in there. So it's even that, like, even if it is in our own language, it's still giving us the same representation that we're getting in American culture, you know? Yeah. yeah. The more we talked, I was just thinking about uh, one of the bigger movies that I remember watching is Spanglish and how I haven't brought that up because it's literally like that's where I also felt like it's very much real women have curves, right? Like she has like a working class mom and she's like see being able to see like my mom, my mom cleaned houses like I helped her clean houses. So didn't when I wasn't yeah, helping so her clean I. houses. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like helping I was helping babysit my brothers while she did that, you know, so it was very interconnected. So that movie for me, like, I think um, I felt super represented there because it was exactly my mom's role and everything. But then also like the daughter wanting like to be so close to whiteness, you know, and being like, why can't you give me this? Like this white woman is offering me to go to this like fancy school. And then at the end of it, it's just like, like she was able to get to where she was with what her mom gave her, you know, not with what this white woman gave her. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. So all of that is super, like was super close to me. And that's another strong, like lead that I also feel like I felt seen in. This episode is brought to you by eBay authenticity guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important 
to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Was there something you watched, like a, a, a scene or a movie or something where you're like, yes, like that, this is it. Like, I feel like this. Uh, like I felt seen? Yeah. I feel like I always say this and I feel like she's going <laughs> to be sick of me saying it. But until I saw um, in college, my Chicano Studies film class, Aurora Guerrero's uh, Mosquita y Mari, it was more about her setting it in Huntington Park which is mm. where my parents would go all the time when they wanted to buy. Like, I clearly can remember we going, we're going down La Pacific, which is like the big street here um, in Huntington Park, and like shopping with them. And I think just like that was the first time that like that home that they showed felt like super authentic to me. And like just the setting of it all. Yeah, like I think that's where. And then also like that's what kind of enticed me to be a director because I saw the name on the credits and it was like Aurora Guerrero. And I'm like, wait, that's that's a Latina who did that. You know, like, wow. Like, I, I don't think I'd ever seen before a Latina director, you know? And then I'm like, oh, cool. And she did it in Huntington Park and HP. <laughs> like, what the hell, you know? I'm like, I go there. I used to go there all the time to get my, my back-to-school clothes. Um, but yeah, like, it was just so... <laughs> yeah it was just so like I was like oh wow like I can do this and that's kind of what inspired me to like want to do this and especially YA like young adult because like it affects us you know like like I want to be able to provide that content where people can feel seen and feel represented and all of that in an early age because I don't want them to be like hating you know where they come from their skin color and all of that from like a young age. Aw, Steph. I feel like I've heard you talk about your work, <laughs> but I haven't ever heard you talk about why you do it. You know what I mean? So that's like very special to hear. And like, clearly we're over here talking about how <laughs> damaged we were growing up seeing no one that looks like us. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think what's funny is for me, I think it was it was not something I watched or something I saw. Like I remember reading uh, House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros. And I mm, and it was like vignettes yeah. of these stories, you know, of, like these family dynamics. And I was like, oh, I want to write like this. Like I want to like, it definitely opened my eyes to stories that felt like stories I wanted to tell and that were very connected to me personally. And I feel like that's kind of it also inspired me to Right. But I think as far as like watching something, I don't think it was until like Selena, maybe where, you know, there was a part right where her dad says how you have it's like it's tough because you have to be what is it like you're not Mexican enough for the Mexicans. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you're not American enough for the yeah. Americans. Yeah. And I feel like that even here, like seeing that little scene back, I'm just like, 
that is still how it feels. And that's definitely how it felt growing up. Yeah. Well, isn't it? Isn't it sad that we felt like we were alone in all this when yes. other people were feeling the exact same way? <laughs> yes. I yeah. also try, I begged my mom to try out for the Selena part, the kid Selena part. And uh, <gasps> clearly she said no. But I did like a side-by-side photo of me as a kid and the and the girl that plays. And I'm like, it looks, we look the same. But even that, right? Like even you the totally could have done that. <laughs> But even the fact that, like, I I wanted to be a part of something that felt already like I was, you know, that felt like comfort, like home, like, oh, okay, this is yeah. where I belong, right? Like, I think that that's also an interesting thing. But you're right how this entire time we've all been feeling this, but, like, in silos, like, separately, how we aren't, we don't feel seen. But what do you feel about, like, the differences you know, you talk about cultural differences as far as like the familial love between like Latin families, like either child parent like relationship or other relationships different from other movies that you've seen. Like I know you mentioned my big fat Greek wedding offline. Oh, yeah. I feel like that one is our staple for a lot of just BIPOC uh, people because, you know, we all have our version of the Windex. You know, we have the Vaporu. I feel yes. like Black families have their own thing. You know, Asian you know, it's yeah. like, we're all like, this movie, we feel seen. And it's not even our culture, but it's it's what you're saying. It's the family dynamics. It's the themes. It's the um, our overbearing families wanting to control every little bit of our lives or have an opinion about everything. So I feel like for me, that movie, like even if it's, you know, not Latina, it, you can easily, like, replace, you know, those characters and you have a tia that's like that, you know. I think recently for me, like, and th- this is why I'm such a big fan of this show, Never Have I Ever, is like that representation where I'm like, oh, my God, like, teen Indian girls are able to see themselves and and be messy and like have a relationship with like that relationship with her mom is me and my mom, you know, like it's just like all that and like all the aunties and everything. And I'm just like that struggle of, I don't know, just being a teenage girl, but then like having elements from your culture affect certain ways and certain things of your life is like where I feel like represented. And I'm like, whoa, like that show is like my North star. I'm like, I want to be able to create messy Latina character characters, you know, who are living their lives, uh, having weird relationships and being able to like, just be human, you know, like, and not be like that star girl all the time, you know? Is that one of your favorite friendships among family is in Never Have I Ever? Or what's like a friendship that within a family that you could definitely like are pulled to? Because you mentioned her and her mom and I feel like they have this friendship Oh no, they hate each other. But <laughs> but, they, they? but it grows. Yeah, it grows. Okay. With, Maybe I'm seeing the other part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, I think of how they're just grieving, right? I think they're grieving in their own ways about, you know, their her father's death. And I feel like, well, if we want to talk about friendship within family, I think Davy's dad was a really good friend to her. That was like her first best friend. Um, and I think losing her best friend and having to it's sad to say but like I'm gonna just say like having to be left with the other parent who's not your best friend and then both dealing with the grief of like a person that they both love and having to figure out what their relationship is now without that parent who 
was her number one champion. You know, like he's the one that like rooted for her, like, and even enticed her to want to go to Princeton um, and all of that. Like he was her number one supporter. And to lose that, that's why she's acting this way, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't even think of that friendship that she, the friendship she lost when her dad, like when her dad passed away. It's interesting because when I think of friendships among family, or at least I think of friendships with parents, it's like there is this level of boundary, though, where we aren't really friends. Like we're not about to call our parents by their first name. Like we're not at that type of (laughs) (laughs) caucasity of friendship. But like we it's like how it's interesting how friendship is portrayed among families with people of color. Right. Like I think of the farewell, I think of modern love and like, you know, Aziz and his parents in modern love and farewell, like when they're the relationship between her and her grandmother is like really special. It's like, there's, there's still this connection of friendship, but there's still this level of respect um, there that I think is that we see a lot with brown and black people portrayed on on TV also. And then also just first-gen Americans. Like I think the relationship with first-gen Americans and their immigrant parents is also something that I love to see. I know with Hentified, I remember what I connected to, right, is like this struggle to be a creative and your parents kind of, or your family kind of not get it. I don't know if you felt that way, where Mm -hmm. seeing that you're also a creative, where like my, my parents are supportive. They just really don't, get it. I think they didn't, they still maybe not, but I think I remember the first thing that clicked for them is when I interviewed um, Carlos Santana and then also uh, Gloria Stefan. And they're like, oh, okay, you do interviews. Like, okay, I'm so proud. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's always something that clicks for them. But with creativity, if our parents either worked with their hands or like we're blue collar, I think it's a little harder for them to take it one step further than like whatever we think support is. I don't know what you think. I think it isn't until like you said, like someone that they recognize that they're like, oh, wow. But I think for me, my mom is like 100% supportive. Um, And I think she's been able to see a little bit more like behind the scenes of like what I do. So she's like, yes, like do this, you know, like go, you go girl. And then my dad would... I don't think he understands. It's like, so how long, how many years until like you're, you're rich? Yeah. Basically. Okay. <laughs> how many years until you got all the money yeah. that you're going to, you're going to be a millionaire. And I'm like, bro, I can't give you that year. I, I know it's going to happen, <laughs> but I can't give you, it's going to happen in 2026, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, we measure success differently. Yes. And he's like, oh, I know this guy who, like, is working with, like, the state and he's making this much money and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, good for him. You know, like, <laughs> like he wants me to follow that trajectory. And I'm like, there's more, like, trust me. Trust the process. I am building to where I want to get. But I need you to, like, support me through it because I don't need another. I already have all these voices in my head, like, telling me to not do this anymore. I don't need a physical voice to be like don't do this anymore, you know? Yeah, that's so real. Again, I think it goes back to how our parents grew up as far as like how they measure success, right? Which is bringing home money and taking and like supporting your family and taking care of them. And with us, I think that as creatives, we're like, for us, our measures of success is more so on like creativity and like happiness or like moments of joy or like, you know, we're over here broke, but happy. 
And they're like, wait, like, how are (laughs) you going to... Like, how are you going to take care of yourself? Like, how are you going to buy a house? Are you, like, so I think that that's where, like, the struggle is, is I think it's good and, like, there's good intentions behind it, but it's more so, like, how it's communicated. And like you said, I think we have trust in our creativity and, and also in our careers, and they see it a different way. Again, they're, like, they measure the success in a different way. So that's where, like, that dynamic, I think, gets a little tense. Yeah, like, don't even get me started about the buying a house conversation. Because as the eldest daughter, <laughs> I have the pressure on me times a thousand. But if we want to go back to um, of friendships within our family, like, um, like I said, like, my for me, my mom is my best friend. Like, um, there is boundaries there where she wants to talk about things. And I'm like, girl, I don't need to hear all that. <laughs> like, she, I'm like... You can talk to your homegirls about whatever. But, um, like, we weren't, like I said, we weren't. I was a little bratty girl when I was a teen and, you know, all these things. And it was until I got to college where I was, like, missing my mom and, like, all of that. And, and then I just started thinking every time I would go back, like, we have very intentional hangs. Um, and I think we just, I feel like I can openly talk to her about things now and actually communicate my feelings about things and all of that. And. And then I have to, like, kind of be compassionate with, like, her mind space, too. When I was growing up, like, imagine having to do all of that and then have me as a daughter. (laughs) Like, it was too much. Um, But now, like, we hang out, you know, like, I put in a lot of videos when I was on Me Too. We got, like, we got tattoos together in a Me Too video. Yeah, like, it's just now we have breakfast. Like, it's it's everything. Like, we're, we're, like... Home, we're like homies, but like with boundaries, like you said. Yeah, <laughs> with boundaries, homies with boundaries. But I think that that what's special is now is that you're going to translate that into whatever you create. So then other like young Latina women will be like, oh, I could have this relationship with my mom or I could have this type of friendship with my mom. And oh, and even the even the ugly side is normal, right? Like even what doesn't feel good is yeah, actually for normal sure. for me to feel. And I feel like that's what we go back to when we keep talking about what we watched when we were younger is we saw things that we couldn't connect to. But then also when we finally did feel represented and we did see the ugly side, we also embraced that because we're that's real. That's us as well. Yeah, like I'm working on, on a show right now that hopefully I'm going to make this year. And it's YA and it, it's about the relationship between a mom and a daughter. And <laughs> oh my goodness. How... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's about how how they how they're not really connecting at the beginning. And there's some type of like trauma that the mom went through that she doesn't want to talk about. So she distanced herself from her daughter. And um, this is the short, but like I do have a feature that I'm working on, too, for it. And it's basically going to be like a magical realism YA way to kind of like mend generational trauma and how sometimes we don't talk about. Uh, things that happen, like our parents don't talk about their traumas, right? And it affects their relationship with us. But in this, in this, in this movie, I want to explore how. Okay, what what if we were able to see our parents' traumas? Like, how would that help mend our relationship with them and all of that? But on a comedy YA way, <laughs> uh, you know. I'm like, yeah. I'm scared to watch this, but I also feel like I need to watch this when it comes out. It's still super cutesy. Very, there's like a Y2K <laughs> ghost up in there. Um, yeah, like I still add the tones. <laughs> 
I still had my tones of like lightness that I love from like YA rom-com stuff, but like Hentified, um, they do that really well. They balance dramedy really well, which is what like they inspired me, like um, Marvin and Linda to do with my work because sometimes they, they coexist and it's okay, especially for us, you know, Latina out there. Thank you for being very open and like honest about family and about love. I really appreciate that. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And thank you for joining us. If you have any thoughts or feels about familial love and friendships among families or anything else we talked about today, email us at whataboutyourfriends at gmail.com. Talk to you next week. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.